Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church Podcast. We are so honored to connect with you and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Genesis chapter number 41. I want to read a familiar story to you. I've been excited about teaching this. And uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, the kingdom. We started talking about the kingdom. And then I think three weeks ago we preached on kingdom atmospheres and making sure the kingdom, the the atmosphere stays hot so the seed of the kingdom of God can grow. And then uh, last week we talked about kingdom seasons, how it's not God's will for us to live in this perpetual cycle of up and down that we always term as seasons, going through a hard season, going through a dry season, going through a spell. It's tough. Oh, I'm being blessed. Oh, I'm being cursed. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. God's will for us. And when you get inside the kingdom, seasons don't exist. I said, when you get inside the kingdom, seasons don't exist. When you get inside the kingdom, your Bible says when you get, it's like a man that gets planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. What does that season look like? The leaf never withers and whatsoever you touch prospers. That's the season that I want to live in. Amen. And this morning we're going to talk about kingdom favor. Everybody say favor. Come on, say favor. In Jesus' name. All right. Uh, The book of Genesis, chapter number 41, very familiar uh, passage, very familiar story. I'm going to start reading with verse number 9. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Uh, Will, I need just a little bit more monitor, brother. Thank you. I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was angry with his servants, and he put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. We dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and everybody knows he's talking about Joseph. There was a Hebrew, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him. He interpreted to us our dreams to each man according to his dream that he interpreted. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me, he restored to my office, and, well, the other guy got hanged. Verse 14. Them dream interpretations could be crazy, boy. Verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. Watch this. this I, want, I want you to hear this verse. I want you to saturate yourself in this thought. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. But before he went to Pharaoh, he stopped and he shaved and he changed his clothes. Then he came into Pharaoh. You mean you're going to preach about Joseph shaving? Yeah, I'm going to preach about Joseph shaving. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have dreamed a dream and there is none that can interpret it. And I've heard say of thee that you can interpret and understand a dream. And Joseph said to Pharaoh, it's not me. God shall give to Pharaoh. His answer. Now jump over to verse 37. Joseph interprets the dream. You know the story. Joseph interprets the dream. He gives Pharaoh a strategy for saving the nation during the seven years of famine. And then he gets down to verse 37. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God dwells? And Pharaoh said to Joseph, for as much as God has shown you all this, there is nobody so discreet and wise as you. Everybody say favor. 
There is none so discreet and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Verse 40 again. You shall be over my whole house. According to your word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Everybody said amen. Amen. Now, I've, I grew up uh, in church my whole life. I got into Pentecostal church when I was about 14 years old. And there are some of those, uh, there are a lot of those catchphrases that we like to use in Pentecostal church that actually over the time that they get used, they actually lose their meaning and their power, right? You can ask any Pentecostal, uh, uh, how are you doing today? They say, blessed and highly favored, right? Blessed and highly favored. It doesn't matter if their car broke down on the way home, their dog got hit, and, and they're broke. Blessed and highly favored. I dare you to go into a Pentecostal church one time and just say this phrase, God is good. See what I'm saying? God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And when I grew up, this is one of the things that we said all the time. Favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. Y'all ever heard that? I need somebody to connect with me this morning. All the time growing up, they say, favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. And we always thought favor was something cheesy like you drove up to Walmart and you saw a front spot park and you're like, oh, favor ain't fair. Glory be to God. Your football team won on Saturday. Walk around talking about favor ain't fair in the name of Jesus. They got your order wrong at Chick-fil-A and they gave you an extra order of fries. And instead of having integrity and turning around and giving it back, you're talking about favor ain't fair in the name of Jesus. That's how, oh man, I got you on the fry, didn't I? I got you on the fry. We're going to talk about favor. Look at God. Blessing, increasing, multiplication in the name of Jesus. Favor ain't fair, right? The cashier gives you the wrong money at the grocery store. She gives you too much change. You're talking about favor. The devil is a liar. Favor ain't fair. Favor goes way beyond your favorite football team won. Although I'm very thankful that Tennessee won yesterday. Can I get a witness from somebody? See, y'all ain't, even got, y'all ain't even got a shout in you about that. Y'all are like, they played a high school team. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> hey, go Big Orange. I'm with you, baby. I'm, I'm with you, GBO or whatever that means or something like that, right? Favor extends way beyond uh, little comfort measures that God gives you, right? Favor extends beyond you're flying somewhere and you got bumped to first class. Talking about favor ain't fair. I think all those things are wonderful. I think all those things are awesome. But favor has a much more encompassing meaning to our life than you got to park at the front of Target. Favor is God's way of empowering you to fulfill your assignment in the earth. You cannot fulfill what God's called you to do without the favor of God. The assignment of God has to have the favor of God on it. In just a minute, I'm going to tell you how to get the favor. So if you'd hang in here with me, we'd help you. Are you with me this morning? I said, are you with me this morning? You, the assignment of God needs the favor of God. Let me give you an example. My, my, my uh, mother-in-law, my precious mother-in-law, phenomenal woman of God, she's the most godly human I've ever met. I've never seen her sin. But she, her name's Karen Wheaton. Some of you, if you go way back, you know her. She's a gospel single, traveled all over the world, saw, sang with Benny Hinn and T.D., all the people. You, see, you, you, you might know her. If not, it's all right. And uh, she's the most godly human I know in the world. She's, I've never seen her sin. She's seen me sin, but I've never seen her sin. And uh, when she got started, she grew up in a, in a little town called Hamilton, Alabama, about 6,000 people. And so I use the, I use the number 6,000 people very loosely, very loosely. That counts everybody that's pregnant with kids and all their goats and their dogs, okay? Around 6,000 uh, 
you know, life forms live there in some form or another. And she grew up in this little town, and then God had a call on her life. There was a call on her life. How do you go from a little town to preaching the gospel all over the world? How does that happen? How do you go from obscurity to God putting you in the spotlight and using you all over the world? There's only one way that that happens in your life. It's called the favor of God. You can't work hard enough for it. There are some things that you will never get in your life no matter how hard you work for it. It only comes by the favor of God. You can work your fingers to the bone. One day of favor is worth a lifetime of labor. God can do for you in one moment of favor what it will take you 50 years to do under your own power. Are you with me this morning? You with me? You can go to school. You can't be smart enough to get for yourself what only the favor of God can get for you. You can go to school, get more degrees than a thermometer, and have $500,000 in student loan debt, and it still will not accomplish for you what one moment of the favor of God will accomplish for you. I'm trying to talk to somebody that wants the favor of God to rest on their life. You can't work hard enough for it. There's some blessings only going to come for you, no matter how hard you work. It don't matter how much overtime you put in. Instead of putting so much faith in our work, why don't we put faith in God's favor? I see this with dads all the time because dads, they work themselves to the bone. They work themselves to the bone because they, they, feel this, they feel this need to work and kill themselves because after all, they've got to provide, they've got to provide, they've got to provide. Your name is Daddy. Your name is not Jehovah Jireh. One moment in the favor of God can accomplish for you what a lifetime of work could never accomplish. How do you go from being a little girl like my mother-in-law that grew up in poverty to owning your own plane and flying around the world preaching the gospel? There's only one way, the favor of God. Do you know what God's got prepared for you? If you would start stepping in and operating in the favor that he's got... Al, Al, come on, Al believes it. Come on, Al, let's, let's, talk, let's talk for a minute, Al. How do you go, how do you go from obscurity into notoriety? So, so this is what happened. She's a 17-year-old girl. She graduates high school. She goes to a little Bible college that wasn't even a Bible college yet, okay? They just promoted it online like it was a Bible college, right? One of them, one of them by faith Bible colleges. Let me tell you something. This happens all over. You, you have no idea what, you have no idea. You know how many conferences I've went to? You know how many conferences, when, when people want to book me to come preach, they'll, they'll fill out a form so we'll get all the information. One of the questions is, how many people do you expect at the event? It doesn't matter. I just want to know. I mean, I, it's, it's a little bit different talking to 15 or 15,000. A little, little bit different. A little bit different experience. And so uh, they'll, they'll say things like, how many are you expecting? 1,500. I'm like, okay, okay. All right, let, well, let's, let's do it. You get there. They 70. Either you lied, which is what I'm leaning toward right now. And they'll say, you know, we were expecting 1,500, but we've never done this before. We just stepped out in faith. Don't, don't step out anymore. Get back in the boat. Stop. <laughs> I, sh- I sh- probably shouldn't talk like that. But I- I'm saying what every evangelist in America thinks. I went to a meeting one time. They rented a convention center in Biloxi, Mississippi. It sat like it sat like thousands of people, thousands of people. Okay, they had some big name headlining worship leaders that were like, "This is going to be a legit event. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun." So I get down there. When I pull up in the parking lot, there's nobody there. There's nobody there. The room sat probably 
5,000 people. If there were 60, I'm counting myself and my buddies that went with me. And the man got up on the platform. He wasn't phased at all. He's like, this is faith becoming sight. I'm like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Is this one of those Elisha moments where you look in the mountains and it looks empty, but there's more forest than against it? He said, I saw that ramp on TV, and God told me to come back and step out. I said, you did step out, and you sunk. Because <laughs> <Huh? laughs> that stuff happens all the time because there's some things only the favor of God can do. I have, I have people text me all the time. I have people send me messages through social media, which is the most God-forsaken invention on the face of the planet. But that's another message for another time. They'll send me messages on social media. They'll say, how do I get started in traveling ministry? They're like, I feel like I'm called to travel. You've never been to Disney World. I feel like I'm called to travel. I feel like I'm called to go on a mission field. The mission field is not a vacation. It's not a tourist trip. Okay? Like, I feel, I feel called to travel. Feel called. Never been out of the state. I feel called to travel. How do I get started in traveling ministry? You don't. Either the favor's on you to do it or it's not. Now, you can be like some of these guys and call every pastor you know and say, would you please allow me to come speak to your church and get door after door slammed on you? Or you can go get on your face before God and allow God's favor to do for you what your work could never do for yourself. Your job is not the source of your income. The favor of God is the source of your income. And when you look at your job as the only money you will ever have, you cut yourself off from what favor wants to bring for you and to you apart from your job. I need somebody that believes in the favor of God enough that believes you can make as much money this year as your job is going to pay you. You can make exactly that same amount in other ways because of favor. No, no, no. I'm going to get somebody with me. I'm going to get somebody that believes in blessing. I'm talking about the favor of God. How do you go from being nobody in the middle of nowhere to God putting you in front of the world? One thing, the favor of God. I don't care what your retirement account looks like or doesn't look like. Favor can change it in a moment. I don't, I need, does anybody believe this with me? I don't care what your situation looks like. I have seen women, I have seen women be single for 15 years, believe in God, and one moment of favor absolutely transformed their life. God sent them a husband and it skyrockets them into their purpose. And y'all like, y'all like, hey, hey, go ahead and preach. Right? Go ahead and preach. I could call some of you girls out right now. I'm looking around. I ain't going to say nothing, but I'm thinking it. Huh? Favor can trans One moment of favor can transform your life. So my mother-in-law, she, goes, she uh, goes to this Bible school that's not even a Bible school. When she shows up, they had all these pictures on TV, you know, back when TV was a thing. And uh, <clears throat> had all these pictures on TV, and it said, you know, we've got these buildings and these dorms. And when she pulled up, all she saw was a big sign. Future home of, named the name of the Bible college, and it was dirt. And she went back to, some of y'all ain't going to remember this, but she, she went to a Bible school with somebody named Jim Baker. She went to Jim Baker's Bible college. Y'all remember Jim Baker back in the day? Jim and Jimmy back in the 80s? 
And she went to PTL, and she was this church of God of prophecy. Y'all don't even know what that is. Y'all didn't even know those people existed. Could not wear makeup. Could barely take a bath. Could not cut your hair. Could not wear any clothes above your toes. Could not go to a football game. Holiness. Holiness. And uh, she, got up, she, she got invited to sing at a dinner banquet. At a dinner banquet with just some people having dinner. Maybe 150, 200 people. Doesn't seem like a significant moment. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Doesn't seem like a significant moment. She sang one song. You know what the name of the song was? Y'all ain't ready for this. He ain't never done me nothing but good. I mean, I can do it for you if I need to. He ain't never, if that ain't from the South, I don't know what it is. He ain't never done me nothing but good. It's like quadruple negatives in there. He ain't never done me nothing but good. She sang to 150 people, but the right ears heard her. A man was in there by the name of Jim Baker, and he said, there's something on that young lady. Why don't you sing it again? So she stood up and she sang it again. He ain't never done me nothing but good. And then the next week, he put her on TV, and from that one moment, moment of favor her life transformed forever it was not something she worked for it was something the favor of God gave her what does the favor of God have prepared for you if you would just put faith in it and step into it somebody shout hallelujah I'm trying man I'm trying one moment of fa- one moment of favor can do for you one moment every turnaround in your bible every turnaround in your bible happened because somebody encountered the favor of god because oftentimes whenever we get in a bind we switch on this gear that I've got to dig my way out of this and I'm not going to be a person that abdicates your role and your responsibility that's not what I'm saying but we also have to tap into the favor of God because God can turn a situation that would have taken you 10 years to get out of he can get you out of it in 10 minutes I went to a church I went and preached at a church in Winchester, Kentucky Friday night Winchester, Kentucky don't ask where it is I don't know and uh cool little town I went this this the the church was called I don't even remember the 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 ark of the covenant of mercy or I don't I don't know and uh, I was sitting there a female pastor she was a firebrand and I walked in there and it it wasn't you know about this many people were there but it was a big church and she said I want to tell you something she said we live every week by faith by faith she said but the building you're sitting in right now it's debt free She said, I've never, not only is it debt free, I've never paid one dime on it. She said, God spoke to me and said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to empower you to build this building debt free. You're never going to owe any man anything. And then she started telling me the stories. And then there was a man that pulled up in the parking lot and he looked at, and he looked at the property and I told him what I wanted him, what I wanted to do. And he wrote me a check for $250,000 and slid it into my hand. And then the next week, somebody turned around and do you believe in the favor of God like that? Because I believe in the favor of God like that. And then another man rolled up and he wrote me another check for $500,000. Why? Because one moment of favor, every time in your Bible, when you see a turnaround, it is because somebody encountered the favor of God. You know what got Joseph out of the pit? Favor. Do you know what got Moses off the backside of the desert? Favor. Do you know what got David out of the backside of the desert and into the palace? It was favor. Favor. Everybody say favor. Favor, favor, favor. Favor. I define favor like this. Favor is when God supernaturally 
opens a door for you that you did not earn. Right? Listen to me. Favor is when God supernaturally opens a door for you that you did not earn. Favor is when God speaks to somebody else on your behalf. (laughs) Favor is when God speaks to your boss on Saturday and he calls you in on Monday and says, you know what, I've been thinking about what a tremendous job you're doing and I'm going to give you a raise and I'm going to give you these. I need to see, ain't nobody ain't got faith for that. And I'm going to give you these benefits. Why? Because a moment of, it's not because you worked harder. It's not because you killed yourself or sacrificed. It's because of a moment. <clears throat> and you know, favor, favor is not reserved for a few. It's not reserved for a few. As a matter of fact, your Bible says that Jesus grew in favor with God and he grew in favor with man. Now, f- listen to me. Favor is a current. It's, it's ever moving. I want you to hear me good. Are you with me? You with me? I'm trying to get you into blessing. I, I have never in my life, I don't know why this is, I, I guess just the way I'm wearing, I, I, I didn't grow, grow up from much. We, we never had things. I grew up watching my parents' cars be repossessed. I always got the Jordans nine years after they came out used. You know, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I had to use the used trapper keepers in school. 90s baby. That's where it's at. The greatest generation. You know what this generation needs? They need some more say by the bell. That's what they need. They need some say by the bell. They need some boy meets world. They need some Tamagotchis and slap bracelets. <laughs> I could do this for hours. You ain't never had a snack till you had a Dunkaroo. I'm preaching good. <laughs> and uh, I didn't grow up for much. I grew up. I grew up but I ne- I've never for a day in my life ever viewed myself bound to where I worked. I've never viewed any job that I ever had, including this one, that the only thing God can get to me is through this one avenue or this one medium. Because I believe in favor enough that God can supersede whatever circumstance he needs to supersede to get to you whatever he wants to get to you. Is anybody with me on that? Favor is a current. It's ever moving. Now I want you to hear this. Favor right now is either moving towards you or it's moving away from you. It is not an eternal gift that rests forever. There are things you can do to get it, and there are things you can do to lose it. There are things you can do to get favor to be attracted to you, and there are things you can do to get favor to be repelled by you. Would you like to know what those are? Come back next week. No, I'm teasing. When you learn to celebrate the favor on somebody else, God will make sure that it comes back on you. But when you start criticizing the favor 
on somebody else. God will make sure to it that it leaves you. I could say something right now that really bother you. Can I talk plain? That's why it's none of your business what preachers make. Oh, I felt that, and I'll get it right back. I ain't scared. Say my first rodeo. Hmm? That's why it was always crazy to me that I grew up in churches where you could vote on whether or not the pastor could keep his job. Why don't he get to come to your work and vote on whether or not you get to keep your job? Oh, my God. Oh, dang. We want to know. Why don't you celebrate what God's doing through them and for them, and maybe God will do it for you. Because the moment, listen, the moment God detects envy, favor will leave you. And there is nothing that will create competition in church like favor being on somebody and not being on the other person. (laughs) The way you respond when you see God's favor on somebody exposes your heart. (laughs) There are two things. There are two things that will cause favor to come to you. You Write these down if you're taking notes. Just scribble them down real fast. There are two things that will cause favor to come to you. And I got to hurry because I'm running out of time. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? There's some common threads through all these people in the Bible that you see that have the favor of God on their life. There's common threads through people like Joseph and Paul and Moses. And there's some common threads. And here they are. There are two things that cause favor to come to your life. And they're not going to be what you think they are. Here they are. You ready? Number one, attitude. Two people clap. They're like. I was thinking I could pray my way into it. I know some hateful intercessors. I know some gossiping intercessors. Right? Attitude, number one. Number two, the thing that will cause favor to come to your life, protocol. We'll explain that. You're like, what are you talking about? We'll explain it. Now, write this down. Your attitude right now is either attracting or repelling God's favor. Write it down. Your attitude right now is either attracting or repelling God's favor. Write this down. Your attitude right now is either opening or closing doors for you. Your attitude is either drawing the right people into your life or repelling the right people into your life, away from your life. I see, I see some of these single men on Facebook going off about women. No wonder they're running, brother. Your attitude is making the favor leave you. Right? I need somebody to get, I need you to get in here with, I'm telling you, I've seen some single women going off on Facebook. Men. Oh, men are pigs. Ain't no man. Don't tell me what to do. Ain't no man going to tell you anything ever. He also ain't going to tell you, will you marry me? Because your attitude is repelling. Okay, I got to hurry. Your attitude, write this down, determines the entrance or the exit of miracles into your life. 
Your attitude determines your entrance or your or the exit of miracles into your life. Now, let me tell you something about this. Attitude can make up for what you lack in skill or ability. You hearing what I'm saying? And I said it, I just said it. The way you respond when God blesses somebody exposes your own heart and, and proves whether or not you're prepared for God's favor. I, I know for a fact, and you tell me if this is you, I know for a fact I have had God bless people I didn't like just so he would mess, because he was messing with me. You ever had him do that? She got that new car. I'm telling you, he will, he will bless them and then look at me. And then I got to be like. That's really great. Back when I was leading our Bible school, we had a young man in our Bible college. The favor of God was on him. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. He had a wonderful attitude. It was unbelievable. His name was Rick Brown. And every time Rick would stand up to share a testimony, he shared every time we ever got together for any purpose ever. Okay. He had a testimony at lunch. He had a testimony at prayer meeting. He had a testimony in chapel service. He had a testimony in class. And it wouldn't be little things. It wasn't like I got a front park spot parking. It wasn't that. It was, hey, I want to share this testimony. Somebody paid my tuition off today. And all the kids working at Logan's, living off tips, were like. <laughs> like y'all are now. Next day he walk in. Y'all ain't going to believe this. Somebody blessed me with a new iPad. They still on the flip phones. Those two still on the flip phones. They're like. Praise the Lord. Walk in the next day. Y'all ain't going to believe this. This is a true story. Y'all ain't going to believe this. Y'all ain't going to believe it. What? Somebody gave me a new car. Okay, that's enough. I've had it. You ever had God bless somebody you didn't like and then he turned around and watched you for a response and you had to be like. And everything on the inside of you is going, no, Jesus, why her, God, why? You don't even like her, Jesus. I know you don't. If I don't like her, I know you don't like her, Jesus, please, God. And the moment he detects envy, favor leaves. Favor will get you in and out of important rooms. The right attitude will get you in the right room. And the wrong attitude will get you out of the right room. So your attitude, I got I to hurry. Your attitude, Emily, you guys come on up. Your attitude determines whether or not favor is moving toward you or away from you. you listen to me. I'm, I'm closing. I'm closing. Can you all hang in here for two more minutes? Can you all hang in here for two more minutes? Do you understand I'm trying to get you into blessing? Do you understand I'm trying to get the favor of God to work in your life? Do you understand that instead of driving to work on Monday morning, cussing everything in sight, hating everybody that you see with an attitude that we can smell five miles away, if you would walk in there and say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I am not bound by this job, this boss and this job, they are not my source. The favor of God is my source. Do you know what the favor of God would do for you? You know what the favor of God would do for you? If your attitude was right, come on, everybody, go ahead and stand up. You know what the favor of God would do for you if your attitude was right? 
I have never, I have never in my life, I'm not saying you should do this. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. I just want you to hear this. I've never in my life, any job that I've worked, and I've worked other jobs besides preaching, I've never in my life, any job I've worked, I've never went and asked for a raise because I never had to. I never had to go petition the boss to give me more money. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. I'm not saying if you've done that, you're wrong. That's not, that's not what I'm, stop. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when your attitude gets right, God will see to it that favor comes on you. But when favor comes on you, you got to be prepared for the haters. Because there will be people that like you when you're at this level and want nothing to do with you when you go to the next level. And God wants to know, is it worth the price to step into the favor that I've got for you? And I declare it is worth every. If they can't, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen. Let me, let me tell you something right now. This is the bottom line. You don't know who your brothers and sisters are because they stand by you through hard times. Everybody stands by people through hard times. Unless you're a cold-hearted sociopath, right? <laughs> it's natural when somebody's going through a hard time to walk up and say, how you doing? You want me to tell you how to tell who your real friends are? How do they celebrate when God promotes you? How do they celebrate when God does something for you that you know they've been begging God to do for them? I had a friend call me the other day. He was posting on Instagram. Got a new church building, a permanent facility. And every time he posts something, I start celebrating. And I don't mean one of those fake. You know, I don't mean one of those emojis that. You don't know what to do. Praying. I'm putting that emoji on there with John Travolta. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Because we've been begging God for a building. And he did it for him. And I know if I sow a seed of favor... I will schedule a harvest for this church in the future because that's how favor works. I need somebody to get excited about the favor of God that I declare is coming on your life. Lift those hands and give Jesus a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.